Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Yeah, so what, what, what was going on in Flavi, Flavi Bobavi? I'll call you that. I don't know why. <laughs> I, uh, well, we were talking before that, um, about things that nearly got you cancelled. I had a couple recently, actually. But um, last season, when, when Spurs beat <laughs> Man United 6-1, I was so giddy and drunk that I thought it would be a good idea to... There was this... There's an image... It's like a meme around. Do you know what I'm talking about in terms of? Um, it's from an adult film set and it involves seven or eight rather large black gentlemen. Okay, and, and there's uh, the blonde lady on the sofa being carried. No, not that one. This is one okay. which has been carried into a room, and and I put Man United's face over her her face to suggest that that's what we'd done to. Manchester United, it did not go down well. I just still to this day think there's an element of comedy there, but it did not go down well. And I realised I'd made a mistake very quickly and I deleted it. But luckily I sort of owned up to it and said, oh shit, I didn't really, I, I kind of, I see where everyone's coming from. But but well, that, that's the that's the important factor in all these kind of things, right? Isn't it? When you kind of... You learn. Well, yeah. I mean, you can acknowledge, yes, there is an element of comedy to any of these problematic things, but also... This is why people are upset by these things, you know. Yeah. Well, look, sometimes I think people are t- way too sensitive, and I hundred percent do think that. But in this instance, I think it was fair that I got pulled up on it. Um, the the other one this a uh, couple of weeks ago was the the um, mentioning that. So we was asked. I've said this a few times, but I just want to keep making the point because we got about four or five emails about this from from people directly impacted by it. That. Um, Hunmin Son is the least likely to have had sex during the end, between now and the end of the season because um, it's just him, isn't it? He's like he's bald. He's like completely bald down there. He doesn't have a penis. I didn't realise that there's this long-standing racist trope about Asian men that they're sort of. Fe- Sorry, let me close the door. Cause fucking chickens are going Things that you uh, don't hear every day on a on a podcast, but. Uh... I don't think I'll edit that bit out. He's Sorry, mate. That's uh, right. Yeah, there's this long-standing racist trope about you know, sort of emasculating Asian men and they're sexless and stuff, which I wasn't aware of, or certainly not consciously. And um, and it, where I was coming from is it was about that um, I can't remember what it's sensational documentary where he's living with his dad. Eventually, it doesn't seem to have any relationship with women, and so I um, I said that I suggested that that was where it came from, but. There's, there is, I do believe in unconscious bias. I do think it's a real thing, and that's probably I have picked up on it somewhere, and it probably was racist what I said. But um. oh yeah, definitely, I have stuff all the time. Like when I'll see a certain tweet or something, and my my immediate kind of reaction is like, oh fuck off, you know. Like when you when you kind of see these kind of pejorative tweets about like white people doing something, and I'll mm. immediately be like. Oh well, fuck off! Don't don't sort of lump lump us all in with that. And then I kind of think, well, why am I getting annoyed by that? I'm getting annoyed because a lot of it's probably true, and people are kind of bothered by <laughs> things that Just, white people do a lot of the time. Because when you're speaking, yeah. I've, I've gone straight back to uh, our our mate Plu back in the day. Because oh, <laughs> you don't look you you do look like you have. Your 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 ethnicity might not be white British, right? So you look like you. I'm, I'm a bit. Where are you from? From like <laughs> just, just a little bit. Like, yeah. And I make blue wins. What did you say? He goes. He goes. What part of Turkey are you from then? <laughs> you, to be fair to him, you could be from Turkey, and no one would bat an eyelid. 
This is this is quite some start to the. Uh, to pop- I yeah. haven't even spoken about Gary Speed yet either. Which uh, oh, when oh, we're talking Christ about cancelling, I mean, look, I was very young. You got cancelled. You got cancelled before cancelling was a thing. That was a proto cancelling, wasn't it? Yeah. Like it really was. I remember I, I got quite like scared. I didn't really know what was going on, and yeah, it was a stupid. It was a stupid tweet and a stupid message and everything um but but you know people do stupid things in life it's yeah, uh, i mean know, i was probably what what was i like 24 25 or something i don't know not 100 percent, but like yeah i was and i was yeah i was not in a very good place and the, the the basically the ironic thing is i was making a I was making a very offhand joke about depression i was very very depressed myself at the time so i guess maybe that gave me some sort of sense of being emboldened to oh, i can do this this is kind of what I am as the, well, you know, that's, the, it kind of, course, of plays uh, into it. And the problem is, right, is that you, you, there's, there's reasons for everything and people behave and say the things that, that, that they do, uh, based on a myriad of reasons. So just by saying outright, this is outrageous. You need to be stopped. You need to be canceled. You need to go away. Is the perhaps the most reductive thing you can possibly do because you don't get moved forward. It doesn't change that person's opinion. It just makes them afraid. Um, and essentially, stopping the conversation dead is probably the most. Uh, it's, I don't know, mate. It's not. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like cancel culture. I think it's about finding those lines, though, isn't it? Like, I, I get, I get what you mean. Like, when it bleeds out into things where perhaps there is the need for nuanced discussion, but there are some things like you know. Did the Holocaust actually happen, for example, where I kind of understand why people don't want to entertain the conversation? Do you know? No, that uh, isn't a conversation. That's not worth the conversation. But other, other, there are other things that happen. Certainly, uh, sort of uh, tweets from uh, 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 many, many years. Like this, I'll, I'll tell you a great example. This Lizzo stuff where she uses the word spaz. Yeah. Apologizes and rewrites the song, re-records the song. And people were still angrier. Like, what do you want? Well, they really. Need- oh, see, that's disappointing because I kind of I feel that like, you know, I th- I think I kind of get it. Like Lizzo's mantra, it's all about kind of it's about inclusivity. It's yeah. about kind of empowering marginalized yeah. people. And I understand why. I, I I personally feel I don't really know an awful like Charlotte. You know, her indoors. She loves Lizzo. She loves her whole kind of thing and everything like that. My sisters yeah. do. Yeah. And so I kind of I learn about it by proxy as as a result of that, and yeah. and I kind of I get why I you know I I think some people would look at what Lizzo did and be like oh that's pandering that's just a PR thing I I genuinely don't believe it is no and I think it's genuine yeah for sure and I think- I, I think to not acknowledge that for people to still be annoyed of it it's a bit like. You know, come on. She, it, uh, there's, it's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a cultural difference. It problem, seems to be that that word isn't the same in America. Oh, 100% it's not the word. Everyone knows that. Everyone, everybody under this sun knows that when she said the word, she, she wasn't referring to people with disabilities. Everybody knows that. It just sounds the same. It, means, it has no relation at all. So for people to go lose their minds over it is a waste of energy, in my opinion. Can can you tell that Tottenham haven't signed any players for a few days? Well, now? we have actually. Just Longley. Has, oh, uh, has it just been announced? Well, so here we go from uh, Romano. Here we go from. Well, that's that's alone. That's let's let's jump straight in on that. I mean, that's a bit of a. To me, that's it's a bit weird how it's gone from being like with an option to buy for about ten mil, we we're only paying about fifty percent of his salary, to now it seems to be we're paying about eighty percent of his salary with no option to buy. Um, mm. What do you make of it? I. Uh, uh, can't say I've ever seen him play football. Um, I've 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 watched some YouTube's and and, and whatnot. And um, look, as with all of these things, I, I if Conte wants him, and apparently that was one of one of the ones players that he had actually highlighted himself. It was him, Perisic, and um, Amrit Charlison. So the three that he he wanted, he added to the list. Longley was 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 one of those players, and. Um, I mean, he looks like he, he he's he's good with a ball. He's 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 the exactly the kind of sort of attack-minded centre back that that uh, Davies was asked to be last season and did well uh, most part. Um, so you know he's he's sort of a specialist in that role as opposed to what Davies is is like an adapted defensive um, left-sided centre back. Whereas Longley is very comfortable in that back three and he played his best football. In that back three, according to an athletic article I wrote, I, I, I read. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, you. So I was going to say I didn't know you were moonlighting for them as well. But 
No, I uh, <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, but uh, yeah, mate, why, why not? Fuck it. If if they if Conte wants him, Pratchett wants him. Let's get it done. No. Get him in. Let's go. You, you know, you know, you know me, mate. I'm not. I, I don't want to piss on everyone's parade. You know, I'm. I'm just. I'm just the man that asks the uncomfortable questions. That's all. You know. Mm. What won't I say? Um, <laughs> the only thing I do think is like you know people sort of seem to to parrot this. If it's what Conte wants, it's what Conte wants kind of line. But Conte also wanted Danny Drinkwater for fifty million pounds. You hate him, don't you, you know? Conte? I forgot that. You, I forgot you hate Conte. <laughs> I, do, I don't hate him. He's 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 done enough so far to to make me sort of feel that yeah, he's he's more on board now. You know, <laughs> How dare but, you, Jack? But my, the my... shit that we've we've watched, we've <laughs> gone through. Conte's done enough for you, is he? Just about, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think you he's know, bigger he's, than our entire club. He's, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. I, I, I take objection to that. Um, but no, I, I you know I, I do get it. I think did he signed Drinkwater. He did sign Danny Drinkwater. Fuck, that was a mistake. He, he's, he made some horrific signs. He signed Morata for seventy million pounds as well, mate. You know he's. And the thing is, you, you, you can understand known? that one a little bit more. It, it's kind of rever- revising history to suggest that Alvaro Morata wasn't. Shouldn't no. have been a good signing, you know. No, it's it's bizarre how much money that guy's gone for throughout all of his clubs. It, it, insane. Look, Drinkwater, when they won the league, he was. I mean, he was he was good. I think basically, f- from what I can understand, Conte is. Um, he he. If you think of his successes, it's not been necessarily buying big players or worldy players and implementing them into the team, like. He, he just wants the players that work in his system. Um, you know, that's why when he went mental at Chelsea for, for not buying the centre-forward that he needed, I don't think he was asking the world. He wasn't asking them to buy Lukaku back or buy Lukaku. He was just, um, he just needed a player of that type in order to make it, make things work in his system. He I believe he wanted t- Harry Kane, didn't he? I think there were some rumours, weren't there? Sure, yeah. I'm sure I mean, everybody was, would want him. But the... Um, the if you look at what he's done with Victor Moses and and Doherty and um, uh, Ben Davies, these are specialist players. Or, or they're players that are, that are able to do a role in his specialist system. They're not great players, but they're suited to what he what he needs, and he he can get the most out of them. They're part of the reason, almost entirely, the reason why we qualified for the Champions League last year was because of the performances he got out of Ben Davies and and Doherty, and then Emerson Morel in the last. You know, we wouldn't have not in a million years would I thought we'd have to rely on those players, but uh, we did. We did rely on them massively. If Ben Davies got injured, that season would have gone massively different. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's funny because you know we had all those early links to Bastoni and Gvardol. I don't even know how to pronounce it. The Croatian no. lad. Um, yeah. There's who's there's Undika as well. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to say Dick, really. Yeah, but, I love saying that. Um, I'd love it. I'd love to sign in Dicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. But, but, you know, we, we, we've kind of had all these things and it's not really gone to plan. I think we've brought in this long lay lad who, yeah, he sounds like he's, he's kind of been, people want to kind of pretend that this player in isolation has been horrific at a Barcelona team that has been, what, largely dysfunctional and just a shadow of what it once was. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 I think it's kind of... I've, what, They're a mess. They're what, an exactly. absolute mess. And, yeah. and one of the things that I think we can hold up and say is like, look, exactly the same things happened with Bentanko and Kulosevsky, who yeah. have now walked into the Premier League and look like two of the best players in the league already. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. just... Especially Kulosevsky. I mean, come on. Yeah. The lad is the lad Unreal. is a true wonder kid. You know, he really Unreal. is. Um, although he's, 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 he's not in my good books at the moment. We'll talk about that this later. Is, okay. Um... But, yeah, you know, the thing that we can say, though, is that the, the pressure to sign one of those sort of mentioned previously big names has been lessened massively by the performance of Ben Davies. And I think yeah. one of the things I think we, we, we're sort of neglecting a bit is, yeah, you know, we can, we can look at teams like, you know, let's, let's look at Paris Saint-Germain. You know, look at all the money they've spent on getting to look at that. Look at that squad that they have on paper. Look at yeah, it. It, like, it should be it should be wiping the floor. Championship the manager squad. It, it, exactly. It's a, it's a football. It's a FIFA ultimate team kind of squad. Yeah. It, it should wipe the floor of everything, but it doesn't work like that. It, it, it doesn't. And then you look at a team like Liverpool, who two of their linchpins are Milner and a Henderson. 
You know, are we are we going to sort of pretend that players like Ben Davies don't fall into a similar bracket? The warrior it's, never complains. It's for, the same reason you know, why there's so many people out there on Twitter. That's a good barometer of a decent fan anyway. But there's, there's, there's so many out there that are not happy with the window because I think they want that marquee player. They want that player. We, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, we were trying to get, a, get to the bottom of it on the, um, the transfer touch-up podcast I do with Mark Nisbet. And the he and I think we fundamentally it was just they just want they just want that player that they can put in their profile picture on Twitter I, and that's I, what's I, important to I, it. I do also think really like and I, kind of this is something sort of you know it's, it's a recurrent theme at the moment um, the perception of Tottenham where we've come from where we are hopefully where we're going to be and I think still though still for I think there's a gross misunderstanding quite where we are. At the mo- just at this moment, if you don't consider spending £60 million on Brazil's number one striker, Everton's best player, one yeah. of, let's be honest, still probably one of the most exciting and best players in the Premier League, isn't a marquee signing for Tottenham. Like, it re- yeah. like Richarlison really is like... I think you were, you were talking about it on the pod the other day with Ricky in terms of like, if you'd have asked any of us a year ago, do you want Richarlison for £60 million? No, not really. But yeah. as soon as we've got him in, you're suddenly like... That's actually really good. It makes sense. Like, it's a really watch, good signing. You start to, to, to watch him. I mean, it was look. When when was the last time? If if we if the club isn't moving forward, right? And 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 the signing of Richarlison isn't a um, isn't a sign of uh, or, or a statement signing. When was the last time we were going to other Premier League clubs and taking their best players? Just going to Brighton, saying we're, we're taking Basuma, he's coming. We're going to Everton. We're taking your best player. When was the last time we bought someone's best player that doesn't naturally walk into our first team? It's, all of this is progression. I've never seen or been more sure of a Tottenham setup than I am right now. I've never been more comfortable than I am right now. It's pretty mad, isn't it? I mean, you, it's, it's, it's quite clear my sort of love for Pochettino and that, that era, those players and everything. But it's still part of it. Part of the magic of it, and I, I can accept this, and I don't see this as a criticism of it, but part of the magic of that whole thing, that Champions League run, all of it, is it It always felt like a balancing act, right? It was always a bit of a house of cards. Like We loved that squad. We loved those players. We knew they weren't perfect, all of them, but the heart was there. The belief was there. And the, the problem was always, ultimately, in my opinion, that the, the squad was too thin. We were relying on pretty much a first 11 of exceptional players. Yeah. And then a, a wider squad of pretty average players, um, and I think Pochettino did an incredible job getting the best out of that and building that unit. But yeah, like you say, it, it always felt a bit like police Spurs. Come on, you know that whole Champions League run. The reason why it was so emotional and why it's taken so long to get over, it's not even fully over it, but still was because it was so we we just had to give ourselves to it right you had to give everything to it you knew you knew we were Tottenham we were flying in the face of like of logic of everything that should happen and it it ultimately didn't but we were there for the ride and I think that's why there is that fondness with Pochettino but now with Conte and I think yeah this is kind of part of the realignment for me you know I know you sort of joke about me hating him I don't hate him and it's it's taken me a while to warm to to what it is but I think the, the thing is it's not even an uncomfortable feeling now. There is, there is, like you say, there is a certain assurance that comes with what we're doing and what we have done so far under him that you just kind of feel that, like, we're in the... I mean, for example, I don't worry. I don't think, oh, I really hope we get in the top... To me, we're in the top four next year. That's minimum. Like yeah. We're going to be doing that. And yeah. this idea that we could be in the mix for the title, I don't see it it's as like a wing and a prayer. It's like I reckon we're going to be. There. It's a logical. It's a logical conclusion to what 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 we're at. I I think um, it, whereas what you're saying about the Pochettino era was like, oh, this is surprising. This is good. It's now it's like now this is deliberate. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. This is how. You know, any in football, anything can happen. You know, injuries or Conte might have a meltdown. Whatever things happen, right? But if, if all you can go by on the information we have right now, which is a the Paratici, a sort of go and get him, um, technical director or whatever he's director of football, whatever the fucking you know, his job is, 
um, he goes and gets signed. He signs players. He moves people on. He he does deals, right? And you have got Conte who gets results, and all of the narrative, all of the narrative by every fan who absolutely to this day hates the fact that Conte is our manager, doesn't understand it at all because his assumption of or her assumption or their assumption of of Tottenham is what they grew up with. Spurs are not that anymore. No. They haven't been that for a long while, but they're certainly not that now. And it's making a lot of people super uncomfortable. You've seen what Arsenal fans are... are, are, are. We're like the unwanted guest at a party. Like, you you they, saw what Ian Wright said the other day. What did he say? Ian Wright was just like, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm uncomfortable. They're doing business and they look like a proper side. That was, yeah, That's not verbatim, but that's essentially his point. He was like, yeah. people can pretend on our side that they're not scary, but they are now. Yeah, but it, exactly. There's not, and it's, an, it's nothing they can do about it. They can say all, all the things they want about trophies or whatever it is. They can say all of those things. And the, and the fact that that's what they've... Do you know, have you noticed how much they've hung their hat on this? That all Arsenal fans are talking about is how trophyless Spurs have been previously because they can't confront what they have in front of them, which is an existential threat to, to what they believe their football club is. And we are doing that to them. And that's what's so beautiful about all this. Part, part Every- of it is, as well, is like you say, is to them, their, their baseline is Arsenal winning, is being the second best, if not the best team in the country. And that has been the baseline. What, what they don't realise is, right, is that let's, let's take Everton, for example. Everton, up until the 90s, were a team that were pretty much always in the mix for a title. I think Everton have won, what, 10, 11 league titles. They were winning it regularly throughout yeah, the 80s. Certainly. Winning FA Cups. They were the best team in Europe in the 80s. They were only unable to play because of Heisel. Exactly. You know, and that's... It, 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 there's probably... There was probably always... Well, I certainly remember growing up in sort of like, you know, in the early 90s, the talk always being like, you know, Everton will be back in the mix sooner or later. Everton will yeah. be back in the mix. And it's gotten further and further from view. I think Arsenal fans are starting to wake up to the fact that maybe they, maybe they don't go back to being the best team in the country. They maybe never, they don't go back to being no, having invincible seasons. They maybe they don't do. go back to Champions League finals. They yeah. had Arsene Wenger. They, that, that's what they had. That wasn't Arsenal. That was Arsene Wenger. That, that's what you had. And, so, and, you know, to be fair, whoever it was, David Dean, who grabbed him from Grand Passate, I think he was the manager of Grand Passate, um, and he, he came in and, and they got him. And, and do you know un, how, un, how unheard of what he did at Arsenal is insane. It's inconceivable now for a manager to come in and stay at a club for 20 years and you never drop out of the Champions League places. You win, you go seasons unbeaten and you're so weak. You're so weak that you forced him out of your football club. that you, He didn't give you enough. Thanks for the memories, but it's time to say goodbye. Look, and then what, now what happened to you? You become a normal football club because what you was was an institution in Arsene Wenger's making. Same as as Manchester United was with Alex Ferguson. When you there's always a guy at a football club, Arsene Wenger, Jurgen Klopp, uh, Daniel Levy's ours at Spurs, whether you like it or not. Um, Alex Ferguson at at, um, at, uh, at Man United, and how good they are depends on how successful you, you are. The minute that leaves, you become a normal football club again. Abramovich at Chelsea, he's gone. It's now it's a new Chelsea. So, so, so that's what I'm saying is that their understanding of what Spurs are and their understanding of what Arsenal are is completely jarred by what Arsene Wenger did for them. So The, um, the, the big thing as well, like with all this, the trophies talk is that people, and I think Spurs fans need to wake up to this a lot as well when they're kind of, Understand as understand why people have re, like you know beef with Daniel Levy, whatever. Yeah, of course. Whatever. I'm not going. I'm not going into all that. But at the same time, I think like what skews a lot of the conversation a lot of time is this talk about trophies. No trophies under Enoch Tottenham. What on this? But it always ignores the fact that football has fundamentally changed during their tenure. It's fundamentally changed. The introduction of Manchester City and Chelsea prior to that has completely blown. The, the perception of what should be achievable by a football club. Like I've, I've spoken about this million, like so many times on this podcast, but Liverpool lost one game and finished the season on 99 points and didn't win the Premier League. <laughs> and if people can't understand that football is so fucking warped now that that has actually happened, like you, you, know, you, you have to get some perspective on why Spurs 
are you know are maybe not kind of winning stuff week in week out. And I, I know you're always going to have aberrations. You can have things like Leicester. Leicester have won a, a an FA Cup, a Premier League, which I mean the Premier League one is a bit more common. Let, let's be honest, like it's a, it's a it's it's the it's the matrix kind of malfunctioning a bit, but it, it still it happened. They capitalised. Whatever. Well, well done to them. But you know, to 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 not look at the progress Spurs have made, to reduce it all to yeah, but you haven't won a couple of FA Cups in the past decade, and to not to really want to kind of bury your head in the sand and not look at the fact that we are slowly but surely pulling up the drawbridge on teams like Arsenal, even dare I say teams like Manchester United, like. They are they to me they still they start they are starting to represent a bit of a dying empire. You know, they they're kind of they're still they've got that they've got that whole thing about the the British Empire about them where it's it's kind of they're they're still there, they're still powerful, there's still something to them. Not the British Empire per se, but the British in general. They're screaming into the void. We're here, we're still relevant, we're still one of the big players, but everybody else is kind of looking at them as as somewhat irrelevant now. And that's just kind of Tottenham now. You just, like I sort of said it before, it is trite, but there's even down to little details, like us being a flagship club for a brand like Nike, for us having this big stadium, for us having kind of, you know, you regularly now seeing our players appearing on kind of whatever daytime television shit outside of football. That's just kind of, that's the perception of Tottenham now. We're there. We, we are the club that you see our shirt on the dodgy stalls when you go abroad. You know, the fake versions of our shirts and stuff. <laughs> you never saw that when we were growing up, you know? But yeah. you do now, and that's that's where Tottenham are. And I don't know, I just... Look, it's the fun... It's huge. Fun, we're huge. We are, we are huge. We are. Uh, the, the, the thing is, is this is going to be a very, very painful time for Arsenal. This, it, it, they... The, this, regardless of the successes they've had, because they expect success, right? They expect it. Their opinion of Arsenal is so high, and their opinion of Tottenham is so low that over the next couple of years, it's going to be very painful, even more painful than the last five or six have been that we've finished above them. Um, and I'm here for it. I hope they feel every element of pain a human being can possibly feel, apart <laughs> with it in a footballing sense, <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of them in a fucking physical sense as well. Have you uh have you got Spurs TV? Have you watched the content? I'm gonna get yet? it. I never, I, you know, I never thought I'd say that. I, but I, I think I'm gonna get it. I, I just, I'm so in love with the club at the moment that it's I, mad, isn't it? They're, they're so capitalising on that. But mate, fair fucks to them. You know? Yeah, fucking yeah. Apart from season tickets, I was getting offered season tickets and and uh, constantly. And someone gave up his season ticket. and They keep offering it back to him. <laughs> so fuck knows how that's going for them. But um, it's just expen- it's expensive. That, that, it's that's, so that's, that's that's one of the things, isn't it? I think because what I was trying to get onto is like the cost of it all. The cost yeah. of going to Spurs. We we are in the midst of a cost of living crisis in the country, and I think yeah. that's maybe one of the things that the club aren't aren't fully sort of up to speed with. I mean, how like do that. they? What can they? How do they behave in a way that impacts that at all? They're paying. They're, they're, it's a massive club, expensive, and the expectation isn't for them to be compliant to cost a living. It's to win football matches. It's always skewed that way. I think we, I mean, similarly, we had a, the same sort of, we came from the same sort of place when following Spurs in that we wanted the club to treat us in a way that we saw fit. They wanted to treat us like fans and not clients or customers. And that's what the way the sort of, you know, the fighting cock when we, we used to do it back in the day. We that a lot of our conversation was about that. Treat us right. Lower ticket prices. And then I realised no one really gives a shit. Like even other other fans, they just want to go football and forget it. They want it. They don't really. So there are people out there that complaining and campaigning against ticket prices and whatnot. But it ain't Spurs fans. It's Liverpool fans and and, and fans of other clubs. Our, our fans, it seems, don't really care. They just want us to win games and forget about life for a couple of hours on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, as it is more likely. Are, are you saying that it means more to Tottenham? That's that's it. It's not Liverpool. It means more to us. What do you mean? Well, you know, because so, that's Liverpool's thing, isn't it? it means uh, oh, right. It means more. Yeah. yeah. No, fucking hate them. Like they, they, uh, they, they. To be fair, what do you want from your fan base? Just unbridled, constant, unwavering support of the team regardless of what's happening 
and they do it the best in that respect. It's like an us for you there. And I get there's a kind of political backdrop to that and a societal black backdrop to that as well in that how Liverpool as a city is, it was treated by the rest of the UK. But um, Everton aren't as weird as them. <laughs> you know, this is what I always, this is what I always fall back on. And so, like, whenever I have the Everton lads on here, and I sort of I like, try and tiptoe around. Well, I do understand history. They're always like, "Fuck it, like, they're fucking weirdos." Like, you know, <laughs> they like, are weirdos. Um, mate, like, that's a good point. I forgot about Everton fans. Um, yeah, they're not weird. They're certainly less, much, much, much less weird than than Liverpool fans. Maybe it's just yeah. I mean, out of out of, I, I think I'd. In terms of talking about football, I'd rather sit down with a gooner than I would a Liverpool fan. It's it's much of a muchness to me. I honestly, I there's there is there is so many perverse parallels between those two fan bases. Like, <laughs> and I, I I don't really. It, we were talking about unconscious bias earlier on. It's one of these things. It's like obviously my frame of reference is always as a Tottenham fan, and these are two clubs that historically always Arsenal. In the last few years, it's been with Liverpool, who are just so bizarrely rattled by Tottenham and by Harry Kane still. You, right. You beat us in a Champions League final, lads. You've got the photo of Harry Kane crying, walking past the Champions League trophy with his with his loser's medal. You've won. You've done it. Why are you so bothered by us still? So I I, I think they are too, but the, 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 the Liverpool fans I've spoken to will not acknowledge this. It's, mate, it's bollocks. I, I work with one. I work with a, a fairly, I'm not going to call him out, but I work with a fairly high profile person within the Liverpool content sphere. And like even just on our, on our little work fantasy football teams thing we did the other day, he was proudly thinking, oh, no Tottenham in my team. Why? Uh, like, really? W- yeah. He went to that? I can understand like Arsenal. Well, like, we, I, I, we... Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have Addy Kane in that. You know, why not? Ali, Ali Kane. He scores goals, mate. Like, what, um, I've, I've got Salah in mine. Like, do you know Do you know what? That we must... Because they, they don't like Son either, for some reason. So we've got Richarlison, Son, and uh, and Harry Kane as a front line. You can actually, mate, how, how, I'm not loving it. I don't know if we're going to talk about Richarlison, but how, how, how great is he going to be when he starts winding up the Arsenal fans? He's already started. Oh, but, mate, I, I, I... That type of... But this is the sort of thing, you know, we're talking about him being a marquee, signing him for all the, whatever, all those sort of reasons. I just think, like, in terms of, like, as a character, he's, I mean, he's still young, right? Number one, this is a thing. So we, we sort of, we're getting him ahead of his peak years. Yeah. Fingers crossed. The type of characters that we talk, we're talking about Conte wanting certain types of players, players of a certain profile. You know, we, we've seen Ndombele coming back from training this week. Saying, he just said something that, to the degree of it, it, it honestly, it did, it did trigger me. I, I've, I've, I've batted for Ndombele quite a lot. We I've, all have. Yeah, I've, I've really, I, and I'm, I'm not taking away from the lad's talent. You know, there is obviously a very good player in there, but to, you've had a, you've had a lukewarm season at Leon, right? You're coming back to make an impression on Antonio Conte, and you're saying something to the effect of like, yeah, you know, I could, it could be all right here, you know. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm 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 so far done with Ndombele. Oh, are you? Okay, right. He, you, I'm not going to back him at all. Like, uh, well, he's, is, Conte's not going. He's not taking him on this tour. Done, apparently. Mate, it's, it's of done. course he isn't. He's done. You, you, oh, man. I'm, I'm kind of feel I'm repeating myself, obviously, but it's it's you don't. If that's what you think you need to be saying, then you there there is no chance you're ever 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 going to make it as Spurs under under Conte certainly. And I, I do always like the fallback with this stuff is well you know there's different characters it takes all types and everything. I completely get that, but at the same time, <laughs> we're not talking about like your normal workplace. You know, we're not talking about the fact that Sue in accounts is an introvert and you know she might not like a public birthday celebration. Right, mm. we're talking about Premier League footballers. We're talking about people that want to like that are supposed to be winners that are trying to aim for a title and everything mm. like that. You know, to kind of to have this like so-so. Oh, you know, maybe maybe it will work out for me there. It it's just it's I can un- let's let's put it this way. I can understand why a sporting winning psychopath like Antonio Conte. Isn't gonna isn't it's just it's not gonna chime with him that type of personality or maybe not even personality you know I don't know the guy I don't know Ndombele but those those type of things to be saying that isn't gonna chime with him whereas 
we got somebody like Richarlison coming in who look at the impact look at look at you know it would be it's so easy I was saying this last week we speak you know Richarlison knew if Everton got relegated Tottenham Man United Aston Villa Chelsea even maybe would have bought him it doesn't matter if Everton go down he's going to get bought he was going to get a move at the end of the season he still carried that club on his back you know yeah he he was there with the fans he was there look at them all all those pictures they post this week you went back to is it Finch Farm I think it is Everton's sort of training complex yeah yeah they loved him yeah he went there this week there's pictures of them all crying he's saying goodbye to the kit man all this sort of stuff and now the second right he's, he's closed the door now he's written the letter to him first thing he does posts a picture of him standing over Hector Bellerin on the floor you know and you're just like yes yes yeah, you yeah. know he's yeah, he ready gets he, gets he gets it he's there for the fight and it, it, like like with Rafa van der Vaart there was no you didn't need to explain it to him he got into the North London derby and he's shushing the clock end when he scores against them because he gets it and that is this is this is what we want to do. Like, you know, we saw it last year. We were so close. We were so close, and they were so rattled by us drawing at Anfield last year, right? So rattled by that. And you just think maybe this year, Richarlison, he's got that extra, that extra little bit about him, that extra little fight to him, where he gets he gets Spurs number one. Spurs are in competition with a team like Liverpool. They haven't beaten Liverpool for a long time. He hates Liverpool because he's an Everton fan. He knows the entitlement of a club like. Liverpool, that mm. he can be there, score that, score that last-minute winner at the cop, and just shushing him, doing his pigeon dance or whatever he does. You know, <laughs> it's just what you want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, it's exactly that. It's exactly that, and it's and everything that he clearly gets about what is important to uh, to the fans, and Dombley doesn't. And um, yeah, there is a, a massive difference in attitude and, and the way you apply yourself and the way you carry yourself and the things you say are important. Um, and uh, you know you need the fact that he's our highest earner along with Harry Kane is a travesty but the fact you know when he signed we were already excited and we did make excuses for him for a long time but that game against Morecambe last year was unforgivable the way he trotted off when we were losing or drawing to Morecambe anyway mate it's um, it's a shame great talent maybe one day he'll figure it out but football is a short career and you know you look at I don't think you've ever seen the interviews with Kevin Prince Botang that he's he's given post career. Just talks about how much regret he has about the career that he threw away, not threw away, but didn't make the most of because brilliant talent. But he said he's because he wasn't interested. He's interested in doing other things outside, and he wished he'd, he he wished he'd behaved differently. It's not just and don't believe it. Like look at the Celso. You know, I remember getting triggered early doors by him. When we were playing at Anfield, I think it was our first game against Liverpool since we just lost to them in the Champions League final, and it meant something. Like it was a, there was again there was going to be a bit of needle to it. They beat us last kind of minutes, and there was that news that came out that Lacelso hadn't gone to the changing room. He'd waited in the tunnel for Salah to get his shirt. And yeah. I know you, I, I totally get it. I know you sound like a gammon saying this stuff, but. I think it, it's it's all too easy just to do that. It's all too easy to say, "Oh, why are you bothered by that stuff?" Because you, you should be though. You should, like really, win, win, winners do not. They don't do, do that stuff. They don't you know? do that stuff. You're not you there. Imagine? You're not there for a jolly, are you? Like you're supposed to be pissed off. You're supposed to be really fucking annoyed that the team that's just beaten your club in the Champions League final is lording it over you. Their fans are singing, you know, Champions of Europe. You'll never sing that. That type of shit is supposed to hurt. Yeah. You're not supposed to be there. To, to get the shirt of the bloke that scored the penalty and like did a smug celebration in front of the Tottenham fans. You know, it, it, this stuff, it does mean something. In those in those moments in football matches, those type of personalities are the ones that will switch. There's, there's, no, there's no, there's literally, there's no, like, it's no coincidence that our best players consistently are players like Reese, Son and Kane. Those players who, yeah, we get it. Son is all all smiles on the training ground, as as the official account always likes to post. But really, he is one of the ones that's there training, working his ass off, feels every single loss. He's got. Mm. You saw him and Lloris shouting and screaming at each other in that all or nothing. You know they care, and these players, these type of personalities, these ones that want to win, are the ones that ultimately do win you matches. Surprise, surprise. You know. Mate, 100%. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want my play. I'd much rather my players 
you know, be a more Roy Keane-esque than someone like, uh, you know, who wants to go, who wouldn't even dream of asking for the shirt of another player after a loss. It needs to mean everything. It needs to mean as much to us as it, to, to them. And it, it cannot, certainly under Conte, it cannot just be a job. You need to do what you need to do in order to get that win, to control the game. Um, and if Dembele, 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 sorry, if Ndombele had that, then he would be in it. But he doesn't. So he, he won't. And now he, we, he's just a constant problem we're going to have until his contract runs out in three years. I mean, no one's buying him, are they? Right. No, no chance. No, it'd be, lo- it'd be loans. Like it'd be loans, or there'll be a termination of a contract. Maybe stage. PSG will loan him, but I, even that I can't see. You know, anyone, whoever it is, just fucking get him out. Get him, get him as far away from it as possible. Let them take the wages as much as they can. Just let's not have that as a problem. It's too, we're too good. There's too good an opportunity now. You know, the fact that he's got four set of what effectively are sort of deep lying midfielders in. In Hoybier, Bentancur, Skip, and Basuma, that's the kind of midfielder he clearly wants. And I'm not sure. Um, while Ndombele offers something different, and I, again, like, can't tell you how much I rate him. And that's not an even weird thing to say in terms of his ability. He's incredible. It's just fucking, just do something with it. It's up to you, and you're fucking throwing it away. I get why it should be. It's like it should be. We should be looking at this year thinking Ndombele and Basuma, like. That would be oh, sick, mate. you know. That would be incredible. Press resistant, impossible. We no press would work against that midfield. But we're not. We're talking about a problem because he comes in. And he he has the he's his decision making and what comes out of his mouth and the way his brain works is I could be happy here. No, you couldn't, mate, because you you're not going to apply yourself in the way you need to be. Do you know what I do get though? Do you, and it's even just saying that. And I get it. If if I was maybe a bit younger, less cynical than I am now, hadn't hadn't seen all this before. Basically, I get why it's predominantly a lot of younger fans that still seem to bat for Ndombele, especially on Twitter. Do they? Who? Yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen any anybody bat for him. Oh, mate, there's a lot of it still. There is still a lot of it, and I do get it because there is still, even though we feel like we've seen it all, there's always going to be that exciting element to Ndombele. There just is. There is just that, there's that whiff of if if it could just happen, if it could just happen, there's such a special yeah, player there. You know, and it's, it's so frustrating. I think that builds in, because look, we've spent, we've we've dedicated, what, the past 10 minutes now to talk about Ndombele. We've, we've mentioned LaCelso once. Who gives a shit, really? Yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a bang average player who he's, Basically, to me, his career has been... I think his career, his application, everything has been similar to Ndombele's, really. Like, I think he's put in as much fight, as much kind of whatever. But I'm not bothered because even... The thing is, I often see people fall back on this. Oh, but for Argentina, he's amazing. I watch Argentina, most of their international games. He ain't that different for them at all. I just think international football is different. You're half Argentine, aren't you? Yeah, and, and he's... He's feeding Messi a lot of the time, you know, and yeah. pe- people will pretend like that doesn't mean something, but it really fucking does, you know. Yeah, I mean, what does that say to the rest of the players if Ndombele comes back and gets back in? It just says that what you know, what your application and um, you know, and, and and towing the line and doing as Conte has asked you means nothing because this guy who's clearly super talented gets in, because, but he's he's not playing ball. Don't know, mate. Like you said, spent ten minutes talking about a player who isn't going to play for us again, so. But maybe he will. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Uh, this this Jed Spence transfer, eh? What about that, mate? That's protracted and a bit weird. It's going all a bit. What's his name? Damiao, that striker. Um, yeah. Are you? Are you? What side of the fence are you on? Are you like fuck Steve Gibson or are you fuck Daniel Levy? Um, a bit of both. I think. Um, I think Middlesbrough asking if you believe the ITK, but um, Paul O'Keefe said. And he seems he, he's pretty good, I think. Out of out of all of them, he seems to me. I, you, no one really knows about this stuff, but he, he seems quite reliable, right? Um, and they said they they're asking for mad clauses, like a, uh, a uh, payments on these first Premier League game, payments on international, which isn't out of the question, but they're big payments and the big ones. They want huge sell on clause, and you don't. You don't get a sell when Spurs are buying players. You don't agree to a sell on clause, right? That's not how we're too. You you sell to Tottenham, you sell to United, you sell to Chelsea. You don't think that Jed Spence, or you don't position yourself as Jed Spence is, sees Tottenham as a stepping stone or, or Middlesbrough. The other thing is, it's no. Sometimes, some to, to some degree, I'd say I'm like Daniel Lee, just get it, just give him, get it, go, get him in the team, let Conte play with him, but. Borough in such a poor position to negotiate here that it makes complete sense in, in just waiting this out. Jed Spence wants to come. Right? The, 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 there's there's no doubt about that. It's been reported that he wants to come to Tottenham. So Borough have got a player that doesn't want to be there. So a player that's actually physically fallen out with the, the club anyway. Spent last season at another club. And the closer it gets to the transfer deadline day, the more difficult it's going to become for Borough. Because... They have to keep him. They have to. They have to take it. Take back a player if they continue to play hardball. Take a player that does not want to be there and will not play for them. So, um, I can understand our position, and we're not just going to. It's not like they're over a barrel and and they're acting like they're not. And so sometimes, while getting the player in is important, you have to approach these things logically. And you think what you're asking for is unreasonable. Twenty million pounds a lot for a championship player, anyway. Come on. You know, it is. And uh, I, I, I totally sort of agree with pretty much everything you're saying. It's just that well, uh, Borough have been chances, basically, in my yeah, opinion. They know but, they've got they've got money here, but it's, they think they've yeah. got more than they have. And I, I like the look of the lad. You know, I've seen, I think we've all watched a compilation of him against Arsenal. I've done the classic thing of looking at a few YouTube things. And yeah, I like it. I like he looks big, strong, like quick. He look, he's, he's sort of technically decent he, he looks very raw that's the thing I would say he does look very raw but he looks like a player that's got a bit about him looks very handy in the final third you know um, and that's yeah. something with, I guess Doherty's got to his game but there's always going to be question marks over Doherty even though he has started to look very well, this good is, under this is the other thing it's not like we don't have options not only do we want this player and he wants to come we've got two right wing backs that are more incompetent already so it's not like we they have no leverage other than the fact that we want him. <laughs> That's it. And they're behaving like they do. So they can't be allowed to pull your pants down and, and, and take the piss, essentially, which is what they seem to be doing. So, no, and I, I mean, and I, I, do get, I do get why people would sort of be frustrated and just be like, you know, just pay that extra bit of money. Leave it, it isn't but... an extra bit of money. It's other things. You're asking, it's, it's not £2 million. They're not asking for £2 million more. They're asking for these series of clauses that in the long run will cost Tottenham Hotspur a lot of money. Yeah, and I mean, why why should we be beholden to that? And it's it's all. I, I mean, I think just for just for one summer, I think like the whole like oh Levy's been tight again type stuff just needs to fucking get in the bin. Like I mean, it needs to for sort of obviously uh, as we we're talking again about unconscious bias, other reasons and things needs to sort of get in the bin a bit, or at least the overemphasis on it. Mm. But for this summer, you know. Come on, we are spending money. We're acting decisively. You know, you can say it's all just Paratici, but Levy's the man that put Paratici there. Levy's yeah. the man that's given Paratici the money. Levy's the man that ultimately, apparently, took it into his own hands to get Conte in, to just be like, look, fuck it, do it. Give him whatever he wants. Give him whatever assurances he wants. You know, we we are seeing this, this change. And like we're talking about the, the progress that Tottenham have made. That hasn't just happened by accident. You know, this is it has been a long and carefully implemented plan to get us to where we are. So, you know, let's just sort of just give it a rest a bit on the on that thing. Yeah, we don't we don't just have to give Middlesbrough whatever they want for let's no, be honest, a player that's never played in the Premier League. 
and also you got to do that. You could do that for anybody. If you, or any club, if you allow clubs to pull your pants down, if you said like, well, we could go and get um, fucking, we could have got Gabriel J- Jesus, convinced him to sign him if we gave him four hundred grand a week or whatever hey, it might shit, be. Shit, though, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean, fuck him. But but do you know what I mean, you can't. If you're willing to pay anything to get a player in rather than what they're actually worth, then you can do that for anybody, and you end up like Leeds giving mad wages to players that aren't quite good enough. Jed Spence is a championship player, championship level player at the moment. That's all we know. We don't know if he can cope in the Premier League. We don't know if he's going to be any good in that respect. So you can't just throw 20 million pounds at him because that's what Forrest value him at and just go, let's get it done. It's not, it's not signing Perisic. It's not, it's a, it's a gamble, an expensive one. If you're paying 20 million pounds and giving up um, percentage rights of the follow on sale. It's mad. I think Daniel Levy is in, 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 correct in what he's doing. It. I've got to say though, I did, uh, <laughs> I did love him for his uh, his photo to Neil Warnock after after they won the playoff. You know, him with the cigar in his mouth. I just thought, yeah, there's a bit about this lad. I, I quite, I like that. I like that sort of spirit. In terms of what he'll bring, there, he's got, he's, um, you know, he's a, he's, his composure in front of in that final third is incredible. When you think about. The, the opportunities that our wing bats get, I think he will flourish under Conte. I still have a feeling it's going to happen. Right? I know it will. It will happen. I think it's, it's inevitable. Eventually, it it just it's a bit. You want him to have as long under Conte as he can get in sort of pre-season. You know, yeah. that's it. That's the only thing that takes a gloss off it a bit. But whatever. Um, speaking about the gloss being taken off of things, now uh, a, a a mutual acquaintance of ours, um, going by the name of Troops. Posted on Twitter yesterday, uh, it was it was kind of like a, a hodgepodge video. One was basically first half of it was uh, an excerpt of a podcast in 2019, mm. uh, a Swedish podcast where yeah. Kulisevsky is talking about his fondness for Arsenal growing up, that he loved them and all this sort of stuff. Fine, yeah. whatever, I it's get that. Age. Yeah, and I don't. This is the thing. I'm not. I'm not triggered by players supporting another club, even Arsenal, when they were growing up, when they were kids. The second half of this podcast, however, was from the same podcast the other day. That you know, as Spooky described, a lad down the Hackney Marshes describing a goal, where he's talking about his kind of his thing yeah. with Norwich, Son, yeah, yeah, passing to Son, all that sort of stuff, putting it in the top corner. Great, loved that. But from that same interview, they found a clip of him saying, you know, people close to me know that there's a club that I'm very fond of and one day I will play for them. But, I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk about it now because people are very sensitive to this type of thing and, you know, we just shouldn't talk about this. Now, I mean, they're obviously putting two and two together and saying that he's essentially intimating that one day he wants to play for Arsenal or that he will play for Arsenal. Now, I mean, we'll, we'll get before this is like you know whether this is fake or not. If this is if this is actually the case, if this is what Kulusevski's saying, right? Mm. I un- I understand the side of people saying like, get over it. He used to support Arsenal, yeah. But to me, it's a very different thing. Whilst you're playing for Tottenham Hotspur, to be saying there's a team I'm very fond of and I will play for them one day. I'm I'm not all right with that. You know, it's and I'm not I'm not advocating that we get rid of him or anything like that. I'm just saying, as a fan, as as an ardent fan of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, things like that just it, it annoys I mean, he, me a bit. He could have been he could have been talking about any club, but he, he, you know, like you say, they're just they're stitching two things together. He could be talking about Real Madrid. He could be talking about Chelsea. He could he shouldn't be he shouldn't be talking about those things. But you know, it by feels the suspect, time, doesn't it? It does feel sad. I, I couldn't give a solitary fuck about it, really. To really? Be yeah, no. Really? I I, look, do you do you if he signs for Spurs, which he will do, he's effectively a Spurs player, as is as Conte said. He's you know he's on loan, but he's our player. He belongs to us. Um, and he's like, like, what? How it would it would the Arsenal? It, that move is impossible. I, I know your question is he shouldn't be saying such stuff, and it winds you up. He doesn't have any affiliation to us. He's, you know, he's been here six months. He doesn't understand it yet. And we all say silly things when we're twenty-one, don't we, Jack? 
I don't. I, I, don't, I, I never said anything silly. Yeah, exactly. Me. So we all Not say me. silly things. So just just let it go. Let it be. Is this, look, mate, Arsenal, Arsenal, again, look, this is what they're doing. Is They're talking about our players. Well, this, not, this is the second part to this. Especially that it? fucking melt as well. Don't, the, that, what a Toby that user is. The, <laughs> I love that expression. Um, the, the, the wave to this though, isn't it? It's that kind of that feeling of like, they are so rattled by us though that they're literally making <gasps> videos now dreaming of signing our players. They know, they know Kulisevsky walks into their team and is probably their best player. Honestly, yeah. I, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe Kulisevsky walks into that Arsenal team and is their best player. Yeah, I mean, he's, he certainly gets into their team without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's impossible for them. It's impossible for them to buy him. And that's what I'm saying is that that's how pathetic they've become. Dreaming of, do you know, it's like us going, whoa, yeah, but Dennis Bergkamp, he used to support Spurs when he was a kid. So everything he's doing for you doesn't count. That's that's the level they're at now. I it, remember it, us it, talking it, about it, Dennis Bergkamp. It does Berkamp. feel that way a little bit, though. Still. I mean, they're, they, they're in the mud. They're, do you remember the rabbi, that mental geezer at Spurs, who just gets pissed up and tells, <laughs> says how much uh, uh, Arsenal are, in, are done and dusted? He's been saying it for years. Years. They're done and dusted. This is how their fans are behaving now. Oh, look. Kulisevsky said that one day he might end up playing for another club. It, that might be us. Look at this, how amazing it is. They are fucked, mate. They are fucked. It's, de- it's it- delicious though, isn't it? It really is delicious. It is delicious. Because is. You, you, you know what the thing is? Like, I, I still, again, back to unconscious bias, but I, I do look at, I look at Richarlison and I look at Gabriel Jesus and I think they're two very good players. I don't think there's an awful lot between them. I do, I, I honestly believe, and I, I approach... We could have had, we could have had anyone we wanted exactly. we've had either of them either one of them and I do I still I personally believe we've made the right decision and I know people say oh well Jesus is probably better for Arsenal and Richarlison's a better fit for Tottenham I do just think in general Richarlison to me is still the more exciting entity I think he is the more exciting prospect he's alright he's good he's like a decent player he's not the fucking world beater no. that they're making out no. he is but, but he hasn't we haven't seen him like with Richardson did take a club on his back, become the heartbeat of a club, to become like one with the fans, to kind of really get in the trenches, dig deep. We've seen Jesus not get into a team that, yet yeah, no matter how good they are, not get into a team that doesn't have a striker. Yeah, absolutely, and and he's never scored more than fourteen goals in a season. Fucking Harry Kane shits that he could. He, Harry, their number nine has never scored more than fourteen goals in a season. Harry Kane could do, do that in half a season. Let, let, let's Min Son could do that in half a season. Let's be honest. Last There's levels, year, mate, we, and, and we are out of sight. We love him, but by his own standards, last year, last season, Harry Kane was crap. He had a crap season last year. Well, no, 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 no. He didn't have a crap. Season. He had a ba- but, I'm saying, by his level. But that's you're what right, I'm saying. By but his not standards. crap. There but, were times but, where he was exa- um, imperious. Exactly. But this, this is the point I'm making, mate. Like by his yeah. standards, he was crap. Yeah. It would have been Gabriel Jesus' best season by a mile. Mate, he would go for double the money he went for. Yeah. And this this is partly people normalising the greatness of Harry Kane. But yeah. it yeah. also kind of just shows you that Jesus, like, they, they are literally, they're, <laughs> they're talking about, like, this being kind of, to me, it's like, great. Well, what you've done now is you've lost Lacazette and Aubameyang with Jesus. You've replaced Lacazette. But what else you got? You know, what, what else is going on? Nothing. Yeah, mate. Yeah, he's got Harry Kane scored seventeen goals last year, and like you say, it was his worst. Plus, like the club was in turmoil, didn't start the last first four games, like that. I just like on Harry Kane, like every season he sort of gets better or he or he evolves into something slightly different. That do you remember that headed assist against Villa for for Hummingson, where he just looked, come back, ball was fired, just glances it off his head into into his path. He, the geezer is like I hated him this time last year. I got to be honest. I was like fucking scumbag. You will never forgive you. I've completely forgiven him. I love him. Yeah, and I, I, one thing I would, I would happily put my sort of my mast in the ground, whatever you say, flag in the ground. He's gonna have a better season than Harlem will, even at City. He Ooh, will. For Spurs, he will. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Is a fucking machine. More goals, it? more assists. 
More goals, wow. more assists than Haaland. He will. Haaland scored. I think Haaland scored. He scored eighty-one goals in eighty-nine games. Yeah, for in, the, in the Bundesliga, mate. <laughs> like <laughs> Harry Kane would score. I would say honestly, Harry Kane would score a hundred league goals <laughs> in a Bundesliga. See, if it, Harry Kane played for Bayern Munich, I'd back him score a hundred goals in the league, and and maybe fifty assists. You know, if he had yeah. If um, he had, I mean, yeah. Lewandowski He's... playing alongside him. You know, true, true. Uh, mate, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's certainly an exciting season ahead. I so think. Excited. Are you going to be wait. watching? You going to be watching all the preseason, anything like that? Yeah. No, I'm not that excited. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Uh, Don't you I have might to... catch it? <laughs> Sorry, yes, yes, I will. I'll be watching it. Don't all. you have to do it for work and everything as well? Uh, uh what, not really. What a podcast about a preseason? Nah. Hey, well, you know, it's what Would the people you... want, mate. That's you see. I'm telling you, mate. They do. That's, I think that's... That's why the extra inch are catching up to you now, mate. That's, they they go that you know they do all that. They'll be doing all the past. stats from all over the preseason. Pa- I think they've gone past. They're too late for us. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's a that's a that's a. I think it's uh, I think it's different stretch, different folks now. I think that's the kind I of think very much so. What it's falling if you want to be sh- <laughs> if you want to be shouted at <laughs> and cancelled, S- scolded, <laughs> scolded for having yeah. a, an edgy view. Then extra inch now. I mean, they 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 they're great. I mean, they're they're not not just. Mates of mine, so it's, I'm never going to begrudge any any success, even if it inside it makes me like it's my stomach turn. I'm joking. It's um, they're fucking brilliant at it, and they 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 love football in a in a way that I, and I understand football in a way that I never would. My my relationship with football has always been about going down a pub with your mates, kind of feeling shouting swear words, shouting swear words, yeah, making slanderous wank- comments about opposition players. Wanking, doing wanker signs. The best thing about football is giving the opponents fans a wanker sign. That's like for me is the best thing. But you know, the boys at the extra inch might think that a high press is the best thing. Depends on different strokes, as you say. <laughs> have you? I want to. I want to ask you, mate. In in stadium, have you ever? You know, I know we all kind of we get into the kind of mob mentality. Yeah, you see John Terry playing, and everyone sings about his mum and everything like that. Yeah. But have you ever had one of those moments when you've been like particularly? pissed up or anything when you've just taken umbrage with an opposition player and yeah. you've really you've been like literally wanting them to hear your voice like you've been shouting at them you've yeah, been targeting them, them. like have, have, you, have you had that have you have you been acknowledged by a player before no 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 never i've never i, I you're always always on the under the assumption that they're so far away they're never going to hear you but yeah in my in my 20 um, like early 20s when football was my everything Every, everything to me Tottenham Oxford were everything to me back then um, every game every game I went to I would, I would lose it I, and so would the people like the people I went with it was just part and parcel screaming abuse at play and it, it was back then it was a lot less you know the world has become and, and, and you know a lot of good has come from it but a lot more sensitive to people's feelings Back then, you kind of had, and certainly in the football terrace, you had free reigns, more or less, say whatever you like. So, yeah, you used to say, say shout some horrendous stuff that I cringe at now. But um, I think I, I, I had a moment, like you say, similar in my, in my early 20s, when we were playing Wolves in the Premier League. I remember I was in the, I think I was in the shelf lower, and Carl Henry, he was having one of his like particularly like nasty, nasty disgusting game. Like yeah, but he was the thing is you could tell he wasn't out to just roughhouse. He was out to like injure players. Uh, yeah, you know, was, like it was, uh, it was it was like um what's his name Charlie Adam as well. Yeah, but yeah, Carl Henry in particular was a very spiteful player. And I just remember being really pissed and all game, just like any time he was near the touchline, just being like, "You're a cunt, Emery. You're a yeah. cunt. You're yeah, a yeah. cunt." Like shouting yeah. it at the pitch. And it got towards the end of it, and I was doing it like over and over the course of the game. And just this one second, he just looked at me, and I had this moment <laughs> of just like, though. of yeah, when you're just suddenly like, you know what, I'm doing this because you, you sort of, you just have this moment of clarity. You know, I think we all have them in various different situations where I have this moment of clarity where like, this is this is what's good about being in the crowd, being yeah. being the part of it. I can shout this, and I'm invincible. But he's yeah. just shot me that look as in like, mate. You're not. Mate, honestly, like if if I like if you did this to me on a night out, I would Dead. hand your ass to you. You know, yeah, you would do. Uh, and yeah, it's... yeah. I mean, there is fans do you, human beings do behave differently in the crowd than they do on their own, um, and there is a protection element, a protected element to it. I mean, where else would you get on in the? And this is, this is to some degree, you know, 
this is unacceptable. But also, it's sort of kind of what's beautiful as well about football is where else in the world would you get 36,000 people in unison calling another man a pedo, even though he clearly isn't a pedo? Like, you're not going to find that anywhere else. And I know it's not socially acceptable anymore, but telling a, <laughs> telling a, a, a sex offender of a, a child sex pest to sit down. 36,000 people in unison telling us, telling a, 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 calling a person a paedophile when they all know he's not, right? And telling them what they want him to do is just take a seat. You won't get it anywhere else. And it's a, a shame a, to A some genius people. man that modernised the game, that revolutionised <laughs> football in this country, reduced to... A sex pest. Sit down, you, you paedophile. I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's childish and stuff, but... The great level. We all know he's not a pedo. The you know he's game. not. That's what's great about it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> pedo. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, and you know he knew. He could definitely hear it, because everybody in fucking North London could hear it. Still. I once got banned from um, F365 uh, forums <laughs> for saying that I had actual evidence, documented evidence... Of at that Arsene Wenger is in fact a, 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 a paedophile. I've got evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I've got evidence. Yeah, that, had you that compiled could, a dossier? I just I don't, know, I don't know. It was clearly I was joking by saying like it, I've got the evidence. It's not. This isn't just a joke. He is, and uh, everything we say he is. And yeah, I got banned. and was never allowed to go back. <sighs> say silly things when you're 21. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 